Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Uncle Dad Talks. That song you just heard was On the Verge by Hawk Silver. And you can get that song where, Mike? You can get that song on soundstripe.com. That is correct. You sound confused, but you're right. <laughs> I'm always a little confused, I think. I, th- I think that's the trademark, the Mike, the Mike, the Mike, trade, the Mikey Mark, whatever you want to call yourself. The Marky trademark Mike. is Marky Mike. Mikey Mike. Mikey Mike. <laughs> Marky Mike and the Not So Funky Bunch. That'll uh-huh. be the next song on uh, Soundstripe. Uh, yes, if you go to soundstripe.com and use promo code Uncle Dad Talks 10, you will receive 10% off your first month subscription. And as always, the reason why you want to go get Soundstripe is one, because it helps the show out, and two, if you're a creator of any kind, you can use any type of music, sound effect, whatever you, your heart desires in any sort of video, unboxing video, uh, music video, uh, maybe slam poetry. I haven't said that yet. Slam poetry mm. video, mm-hmm. uh, spoken word video, uh, monologue video. video. What'd you say? What? Uh, gaming video. Did we, yeah. Have you said, have you said, I said that? I said that in the past, but yeah. <laughs> Gaming's trending. Uh, Twitch, yeah. all, all that good stuff. Yes. So please go check them out. We have a very special guest. And Mike, do you want to say anything about this guest? Yeah, this guest, um, I'm a huge fan of his work. He's a really creative, inspirational guy that I've kind of watched come up throughout the years. We kind of started about the same time back in Sacramento. So I'm really stoked to finally have him on the show. pretty cool it's kind of spooky though because it's like a big it's like a 150 year old um you know you know it dude it's like in the movies when the couple goes in to the house for their nice little vacation and then it's like horrible nightmare ghost stuff happens and everything like that's this is that house you know that house. And, so, and, and so what's funny is uh we came and I was like, what, what's, uh, what's going on here? This is weird. And it's a, and it's a giant house with a bunch of rooms and suites in it, but there's like nobody here except us. Are you we, in room two, three, seven? Yeah. Oh. We're in room two, three, seven. Uh, <laughs> we're in the, uh, we're in the honeycomb suite. Oh, um, the honeycomb. you know, it's yeah. Yeah. We're <laughs> in here. Yeah. Like some busy bees in the honeycomb suite. So we, we like, walked around the property too and it's it's like oh we'll just go on a nice little walk and the property is actually very spooky also and i'm like holy shit dude, this this is very scary to me <laughs> right what is the place that you're staying at can i ask hell house spooky uh it's the anal intrusion mansion <laughs> Anal intruder. Oh, no, heard, no, I heard about that place. You did. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. Not, I'm sure you have. <laughs> yeah. No, it's um, but you can kind of see inside around as we look oh. around here. Oh yeah. But it, and there's the haunted television that we love. But yeah. uh, it has this cool little hot tub in here that I was that I was like just chilling, reading comics before. Oh. I was like, well, I'm gonna surprise these guys with some uh haunted uh naked comics but no i uh i was reading I thought, um, that would have been awesome comic book. hey next time dude next time I, i'm trying to ease people in to the to this to the experience you know but uh yeah. I, the I, naked I, comic I book reading, world i was reading uh, yeah yeah dude you know it's a disturbing place because there's no ladies we'll, we'll, we'll call that uh uncle dad's private parts uncle dad's private comic book party which is, which is like the secret room below everything. wait wait hold on i gotta stop this real fast so we got all this going on 
Mike, we got to introduce. Sorry, what's going quick. on? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so yeah let me announce this guy. Yeah. Uh, so the... everybody who's been listening really fast, let's get everybody caught up to pay the, this, the speed. This, this is the guy. His his new comic is called Haunted Naked Comics, and his name yeah. is Skinner. Oh, yeah, this uh, exactly. This guy is um, a friend of mine. I, I've been uh, kind of watching him, kind of side by side, and then also from afar for the past. I don't You've know. You've just 10, been watching him. years. <laughs> I've been watching him like that one song, um, the Sting song. Um, this is Skinner, yeah. and I'm really happy to have you on the show. I have a few questions to ask you about your life and how things are going. And, oh, um, sure. I just want to say you're a great inspiration to me as an artist and someone oh. who's come from a, a, a wonderful place like Sacramento. And um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just uh, I'm happy to have you on the show. So thanks for, for coming on, Skinner. Of course. Yeah, man. I totally, this week was extra hectic uh, for some reason. And I appreciate you putting up with me doing it from a haunted house from inside this haunted house right now. But, um, but yeah, we're here. Uh, we're here in Aptos because Christy, my beautiful partner that we've, mm -hmm. uh, we've been together for since we were in Sacramento, um, her brother's has a birthday, so we kind of like came down to go to the beach and stuff. And dude, I needed to get out of town anyways. Yeah, man, uh, it is cool to have seen you escape Sacramento also because it was a very hard kind of a boot camp type city. I think it's very um, you know you know what's like weird is that it actually did have a lot of really cool organic culture there that was like always kind of you know bubbling up and stuff, but it would always get strangled out by politics, like local politics, because it, 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 you know, having like a cool, creative, wacky, fringe art type city was not in the PF Chang's type city. You know what I mean? The the um subsidized restaurants and beer boutique. -y. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like they didn't want to see it like for what it was. So unfortunately, there really mm. never popped up any um what I would consider to be opportunities for the creative class so it's like it wasn't it was it's like the capital of california but there's no opportunities for culture to really like thrive there which is fascinating yeah so. it's like a big box city right it is big, it's like a yeah. bunch of gray building boxes everywhere it's, yeah. yeah it's not that fun like for that you know? gray buildings um best buy michaels and pf chang's like you said and yeah. uh and the Sacramento Kings. And then after that, you're on your own. But hold on. Can I say something real fast? I think yeah. Sacramento has some of the best bars in California, personally. Oh, really? Damn. Like, dude, press club all day. Press club all day. Yeah, press club was cool. My, I had a friend who used to, club used to was DJ there. but really fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, press I club was really Sacramento's cool. I, dude, well, press club uh, was really fun. And it was sort of a lawless watering hole in some ways and so you lawless. know and there and that was the, that was what was crazy about uh sacramento was there was sort of a contingency of heavily tattooed tough guys in downtown and so you it was like very tough and threatening and if you you know it was like there yes. was like a sort of an undercurrent of nerdy indie kind of musicians and artists and stuff but then there was this sort of like straight edge or tattooed got tough sceney 
metal guys and um it was it was funny because i remember being in a being in a band and playing shows i was like oh is this a show where somebody's gonna like want to punch me or something you know and it was like oh, yeah. always it was always uh on my on my mind what's gonna happen dude <laughs> what's there's, gonna happen here there's definitely i remember lots of nights being out or or just when they used to do the zombie walk through downtown that was a lot of fun like there was stuff going on but there was always still this like impending tough guy kind of uh kind of hick but also kind of ghetto tough guy situation that was inevitable every time going out right? <laughs> yeah you, you know well that's that's the thing i think that people don't totally understand about sacramento is it it is sort of the quintessential suburban sprawl city but mm -hmm. uh the, you know with all the you know citrus heights carmichael Rio linda it, it, basically every area outside of midtown and downtown is this sort of the american suburban experiment gone wrong you know it's like slim shady yeah you know meth and you know it's mountain dew you know code red fucking you know i mean it's, yeah. and it's mountain dew, code and, red slim shady holy fuck <laughs> yeah that's what it is dude it's that's what it is out there and like but downtown and midtown is you know when they're advertising the city that's like the photos of midtown and downtown and you know old sack where it's like on the riverfront and everything's kind of beautiful and cool and then you're like oh i visited sacramento and you're like nah you went downtown that's yeah. where you went <laughs> you went downtown because if you went outside of it you'd be like what is this shit yeah it's like you might, Mad as well, Mac. you might as well be in bakersfield at that point <laughs> dude yeah. spot on spot yeah. on it is but, and it's it's not like the most fun but i would say that you, when you grow up in those places you learn to appreciate shit because there's barely any it's like a, maybe a comic book shop or the one venue where you can go see bands play or something you know so, yeah um. yeah you do appreciate things a little more i think it kind of hardens you up a little too to like really have to you have to know how to fight and find your way as far as like an artist or someone doing something different because everything is so i don't know kind of mainstream in a, in a city like that and there's probably dozens if not hundreds of cities like that out here in the states so um, yeah it is yeah. like that <laughs> and, and, and you and i both i know spent some time working regular jobs like nine to five non-art jobs there right yeah i um i don't know what you did but i worked from the age of 21 to the age of 30 or 29 i think but 29 or 30 uh with uh, adults with developmental disabilities like teaching art kind of like having art like art, art program well kind of like i was just an art advocate like i'd have a classroom full of artists and i would teach different classes and i would do community outreach stuff and right um take take them out yeah it was cool but i knew from i was you know younger than everybody else that worked there and i knew that i didn't want to retire there you know, it's like everybody that I worked with was like 50, 60 years old. They'd been there for 20, 30 years because it was very easy. It was very like convenient. Um, working with people with disabilities is super fun. 
and the years can just slide by you know when things are convenient it's like golden handcuffs you know it's like well i don't get paid that much but this job's super easy and it's kind of rewarding but it's like you know what i mean so you it's like you get complacent and i could see around me i i have to do something i don't have a college degree i don't have any options really i can draw good i'm very productive if i focus i can paint you know do all this stuff so i started to kind of like cultivate that but mm. sacramento did have little galleries and like little places where i could kind of get my sea legs for that stuff and but it was you know i mean it's interesting to have had an, an entire art career that existed before the necessity of the internet like you know some random guy who who draws like skeletons or something and he's like i just started drawing skeletons man it would be huge if i could get a shout out like i just think to myself like dude i used to go to target and hand out postcards to my art shows and be like could somebody hey do you like this stuff like you, you know what i mean it's like yeah it was it was just like, such a like do you like process. superheroes <laughs> yeah do you like do you like superheroes with exploded heads that's what i do <laughs> so so you yeah. would stand out in front of like a target out in sack and hand out flyers to your art show and, and try yeah, and I, yeah. get people to come yeah. yeah and i would go inside i would go in the target and look at people like this person has like a weird shirt with like a dandig on it or something and i'd be like hey man you like that kind of skulls and shit like you like this <laughs> like check this out man that's what i do you know and they'd be like oh and so like i would go you know, if you're in a band too, it's like you do the same thing. Like I would make flyers and go hand them out or like staple sure. them to telephone poles and shit like that. And it, it feels like it's so far away from life now, you know, yeah. and that doing that stuff. So it was weird because um, you see the world, you're like, oh, I know what I have to do to kind of like get people to come to my art show so that I can try to make a thousand dollars or something you know what i mean it's it's like oh let me like just scam these people into coming to my art show and buying a painting for you know a hundred dollars or something you know it's so different and the things that you develop get outmoded so fast <laughs> you yeah. know like like i was like doing this shit and then you know a couple years later everybody's like dude you got to get a facebook bro I'm like, what? No, I just want to listen to Queen and like paint all day. I don't want to face, you know, so it's everything changes, but it it's, it's so hard to explain to younger people, the kinds of things that like, I feel like they would have to do to kind of just cultivate their own relationship to their, I don't know, they're like, story their hustle they're like it's almost like dude just like going and asking people to follow you online just feels like it feels so diminished to me mm -hmm. now you know it just it's like ah i don't know you know like you have to kind of do it for years and suck and struggle and, and feel connected to it get more resilient i mean yeah. being in sacramento was like ultra boot camp dude it, it was like every, everybody is struggling super hard there's almost no opportunities and then if you do even kind of good a little bit good then people start to get mad it is you know? weird like that like like instead of yeah. there being like this encouragement which you know you and i both live in the bay area now that oh yeah that's right <laughs> that you know that uh 
there was this like instead of like hey yeah you're doing art i'm doing art let's like collab or let's promote each other or i'll check you out you check me out it was this kind of like kind of uh competitiveness that wasn't really competitive it was more like i don't know i don't know if hate's the right word but it was it kind of is <laughs> it was something it was like play a hating but art yeah hating, it was right it was the it was a some of the first evolutionary steps of play a hating yeah it was uh, it was but it was weird because i remember doing my best to kind of like bring up people with me yeah and it was like even then you could tell that we're mad to help them and i just i i started to feel very discouraged by it it was like you can't it's like you can't help everybody but if you do try to help people then there's going to be a bunch of people that are mad yeah that you didn't help them and so it just got really too complex and messy and so i was like well i'm just gonna put my head down and focus and do my own thing and then as soon as i did that my life was like so much easier you know right and so, uh, and it was it was cool to move to the oakland and then have everybody just be like oh you do art cool me too anyways it's not a big deal it was like was a breath like, of fresh air right it was very very yeah. wonderful so you you were working a job in sac and uh, helping people with disabilities do art how what was your point where you said i'm gonna quit i'm gonna go full-time with my art and was that what made you move to oakland or what led tell me the story of how you quit your job and how you got to oakland okay so i was working i was doing stuff in sacramento i was doing shows in sacramento and i realized by you know i would drive to work early in the morning so that i could just drink my coffee when I'd have, I had my van that I painted all over about and just I sit there with my van. coffee. Yeah. yeah. I remember that stupid yeah. van. So I would drink my coffee and I would look through art magazines, like juxtapose. I would look through super seven. I would look through like all these toy magazines, all this art stuff. And I would kind of like study or daydream and kind of like ascertain like what is, how do these people do this? What is this? Like, what do I have to do? And, and, and one thing that I realized was that Sacramento didn't have the facilities for me. So I started to take off, take days off sometimes. And I would drive down to San Francisco. And I knew I couldn't like take days off all the time. But I remember one day I drove down with Christy and John Soldano, the, the owner of the, the lowbrow art gallery in Sacramento, the toy room, right? Oh, I remember that. Yeah. 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 It was cool, man. That's where I like really like got my shit going, you know? And so we took a day off because, well, first of all, I heard that they were maybe going to try to get extras for the Incredible Hulk movie. So I was like, oh, I can try to do that. But the other thing was there, I put together with this other artist in Sacramento, a art show pitch book booklet of different artists and like what we do and like what we want to do. And you know what I mean? Like we want to do an art show of Sacramento artists. And I took it to the Minna gallery and I handed it to the dude and he's like, Oh, I remember you from the, um, the science fiction robot, the sci-fi Western show or whatever that, you know, from, and I was like, Oh, you do remember? And he's like, Oh yeah. So I gave him, I handed him the pamphlet and I said, Hey man, we would love to be considered for a show. And just that, in that moment, he goes, dude, we just had somebody bail on their art show in like two months or something. 
or next month or something. They were screwed. So just going down there and kind of initiating that gave us the opportunity to do that. Well, as soon as I kind of had weaseled my way into San Francisco, I realized that San Francisco, first of all, is the home of, that's where Juxtapose is published out of Thrasher and all that stuff. And I was like, I need to get down here and get into this shit and like weasel my way in. So I would get off work and drive down to San Francisco all the time and kind of like pseudo pretend I lived there. I wouldn't say I lived there, but I was just always there. So I was just like ingratiating myself and then I would get art shows together and try to uh, curate stuff and do stuff and get in the mix. I would drive down there for um, like drinking draws at the Minna Gallery and I was just like showing up. After a while, I started getting more gigs and um, I would meet people like, hey, this art director over here at this place and this and this, you know, and the easier and the easier I was and the more professional and I was super hungry. And so everybody was like, oh, well, this guy will just he'll make it very easy and he'll just like work, you know, more hard than is necessary to make sure it goes, you know. So I was just in the mix all the time. and. You know, I'm I'm lucky that I had like people that were looking out for me. Christy was super supportive of me. She was like always encouraging. She never said like, ah, this is kind of a pipe dream, even though basically everybody kind of tells you it's a pipe dream all the time. Totally. And I'm like, yeah. I'm too dumb Absolutely. to quit. And, yep. and I have no education. So <laughs> um <laughs> I'm past the point of no return. <laughs> yeah. So I just kept pushing it and pushing it and pushing it and ex- trying to talk to people and expand. And I basically, the, the lady that was the boss of the job I was working at quit. Uh, she got too old. And then this other guy took over and I did not like the way that the program went under his, um, you know, leadership. So we had like a meeting one day where I just was like, you're the worst boss ever. Like you don't do good. Like this sucks, like whatever. And then basically that was my last day there. Mm. But I had, you know, I had prepared kind of a launch pad for myself with my little, you know, like I'll do your, I'll do a shirt design for your metal band for $300, you know, whatever. But that was in 2008, the economic crash. So everybody's like, what are you doing, Uh, dude? You're an idiot. I'm like, yeah, I don't know, man. It's like a a cockroach move. Like I'm just going to survive somehow, you know? I wanted to ask really fast to kind of to go back on something you yeah. said about your van. Uh, can I ask you something? Now, obviously, I don't know, but did your van have a Frank uh, Frazetta uh, mural on it? Dude, I wish. You, <laughs> you just struck me as a guy that would have that kind of van. <laughs> yeah, I, sh- I, I can do that now. Dude, <laughs> you should. You should totally get I that. Know. And I'm have ready. it a mashup of your art and Frank Frazetta. Damn. Yeah, I need to I need to hire a professional for that though. Yeah, <laughs> no, I would do that. No, you know what? Yeah, you know what though? Um, you can get like uh those dudes that paint on black velvet, you know, like yeah. those like there's a lot of them in Mexico and New Mexico and stuff where they're they're as good as any of these fantasy painters too. And they'll just be like, Oh yeah, what do you want? No problem, I can do it, you know. So I'll just drive the car down there and be like, all right, paint the Frank Frazetta on the side. Yeah. There. And really quickly yeah. for the audience that doesn't know what Frank Frazetta is. Well, he's most like, yeah, exactly. It's Google one of the most, 
He dude, Google it, but I gotta say, he was the most he drew the most badass women ever. Yeah, <laughs> that was part of it. Yeah. Death Dealer was also a badass, pretty badass too, right? Wait, say it again? Death the Death Dealer. Dealer. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, Death Dealer. Uh, you know dude Tim Vigil? Oh yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Weird, okay, so he he lives in Sacramento. Right. And um and he would uh he was drawing the Death Dealer comic. For a while he was oh, doing wow. yeah there was like a, a time they were, they were doing a lot of like but he's like too perverted and weird for anybody to hire him or anything you know what i mean so um but he's, uh he's the creator but, of faust right yeah yeah yeah, yeah but everything yeah. is like so funny because it's like he's so talented he's he's an ultra ultra talented but then like if somebody wanted to hire him they'd be like oh let me look at your portfolio and it's just like a million, a million severed dicks and like <laughs> girls with their legs open and some like what dinosaur about Robert with Crumb? a knife. No, yeah, it, no, this is different. He, yeah, this is different, different, different energy, dude. Different. Way different energy. Yeah. Way different energy, dude. But yeah, you're like, like Tim Vigil. You're like this. This shit is legitimately like this fool. It's like hella fucking crazy. <laughs> like, dude, like, I, we might we gotta get that guy on the show one day. We we either need to support his art or lock him up because <laughs> yeah. You know what? You want to know something super funny? Was that uh, I found okay? So his brother is a really talented artist too and he did that comic gunfighters in hell you should see it it's really really good they but they do that like outlaw comic stuff well um i i found this i really collect like a lot of like random crappy comic book memorabilia stuff that nobody likes and so i would go through these bins of comics and i found this one and it was comic book artists and creators and their addresses and contact information so it was like the yellow pages for comic book artists, but they would have photos. <laughs> so, so you could, I think you could pay to be in this book. If you're okay, like, right. I'm, you know, I'm Joe Schmo and I do like night wolf or whatever. This is, you know, so you, you give them a photo and they put your photo in there and your information. And there was a photo of Joe Vigil, Tim Vigil's brother, and it's just him like holding a handgun, like <laughs> like he's sh- gonna shoot it or something. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> all right, that's cool, I guess. <laughs> that's awesome. Write this down. Let's get this book, and we'll should we should have a show and just go through the book, dude. I do. What's oh, the name of that I'll book? Find it. I yes, please. Find it. I don't know. I have like, <laughs> but you know what's so funny is like I'll see that and be like, oh, this is so cool. Yeah, you know? <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome though, for cool. sure. For sure, that's you awesome. Show it to anybody else, they're like, "What the fuck is wrong with you, dude?" Like, so when you quit, this yeah. is part. This part's fascinating to me because I think for for any artist who's like doing a thing where you do your art on the side and you have a full time job or part time job that's got nothing to do with art, or maybe in your case it had something to do with art, it still wasn't mm-hmm. you on your path following your art. And I had a similar thing where I worked in pharmacy for mm. almost nine years, which has zero yeah. to do with art. Very right. tough job. But there's that point when you have made the decision, I'm going to move on from, from the safety of this paycheck and the, the schedule, the nine to five. I know I'm going to get this much money to pay rent on this check, this much money to pay my bills on this check. I know I, I, benefits are probably in there. It's so secure. And you got mm-hmm. to tell your boss, you don't do a very good job. However, you said that in your words, wasn't yeah. that like a liberation for you to like, it's almost like you're, 
metamorphosis into this new version of yourself, right? Like stepping out. Well, of that. I mean, that's beautiful, man. Yeah, I, it is. It is, but you don't realize it is until later. You know, sure. in the moment, you're kind of like, "Oh man, I probably shouldn't have said that." You know, <laughs> like, right. "Oh shit, now I'm gonna," you know, whatever. But like, but the thing is, is that I was, I was very smart about it. Where I like, I had put some resources together. I like, I had kind of laid the groundwork for the launching off. You know, and mm-hmm. I think that like a lot of people don't. I, I, I don't think that there's a lot of artists that even know that that's something you can or should do. Right. You know, I think a lot of artists are like, you know, people who are, who say, Hey, I want to be creative. I want to be an artist. And I heard that the, the only way that you could do it is that you jump out of the nest like a baby bird. And then you just try to struggle to fly. And then like you figure out how to do it along the way. Well, to me, the problem with that is like, clearly our culture and our society doesn't foster that at all and that you have to be a really tenacious kind of a psycho who won't let go in order to like run through the fires you know and so when somebody doesn't have maybe any resources lined up or any kind of like connections or relationships that are in the field that would help them jump out safely even if it's rough well, they jump out of the nest and they're like, well, that was hard. I'm never doing that again, you know? And so like, it's really shitty, man, because think about how many incredible artists there are that have just been kind of not given the opportunity, are societally discouraged, are ultra talented, but maybe don't know how to navigate capitalism. It's like, you have to like the amount of skills that you have to develop is crazy. You don't even realize like you're basically, it's like, okay, cool. You're good at art. Yeah. But are you a businessman? Are you a good businessman? Are you a promoter? And yeah. Do you, can you get past how insanely uncomfortable it is to promote yourself to just be like, Hey, look at me. Yeah. Constantly look at me. And especially like, I remember selling my books on uh, Telegraph in Berkeley, you know, and stopping people walking down the street. Obviously, you don't really do that anymore. It's all about filling up your Instagram feed with the right hashtags and at the right time of day and saying the right things to like draw people in. And it is kind of yeah. like you almost like uh, you almost kind of have to be narcissistic in some way where you're just like, here's what I'm doing now. And, and, it is tough to continuously promote yourself in some sort of way, right? Well, you know, I was better at promoting myself before I started doing a lot of therapy because, you know, essentially narcissistic people are really good at promoting themselves and are very successful because right. they need attention so bad because they didn't get any. Well, and they're yeah, a little, look, you know? <laughs> look who just got out of the White House. I mean, there's a perfect example. <laughs> I know. Example, yeah. Yeah. yeah, where it's like this dude, it's like you have an emptiness you're trying to fill up. Well, you know, for me, I'm kind of like, well, I've been doing this for a while and I've had a lot of successes, but I've had a shitload of not successes, but I don't, you know, I don't go posting those. No, you know, I don't go, Hey, guess what just went horrible for me, guys. (laughs) This thing I spent six months working on. Yeah. The thing thing I spent, you know, uh, an hour working on, um, everyone loves it, but this thing 
having spent 17 hours creating, no one cares. And like that. Give me a like for that. Yeah. Well, yeah, oh give God. me one. But you said something, and, and you, you mentioned it in your book, your art book. Your, uh, don't have feelings. Don't make a scene, which I love yeah. the title. And, and not a lot of artists really talk about their therapy and how therapies help them. But you, you've talked about it. You mentioned it in, like, in the intro of your book. Mm-hmm. You're pretty open about it. And, and mm-hmm. would you mind like just going into a little bit of like how, how your path of therapy helped you kind of open up as an artist? You know, obviously it helps a lot of people with their personal life. But, but as an artist, it felt, I feel like it, you explained it helped open you up. And, yeah, and did, well, yeah. I, I think that like clearly there's a sort of ridiculous and uh, nonsensical ideal, like a romanticized ideal about artists being damaged, uh, wounded, uh, upset people or whatever. And I'm like, you know, I, I always think like as an actual totally depressed, like weird freak person who's just trying really hard to like, manage being like a little traumatized weirdo like i don't i don't like idealized darkness darkness or whatever because it's like it it feels insulting or something it's like motherfucker there's no choice you know what i mean like when i see like black metal bands and stuff singing about darkness i'm like all right that's cool i guess but that's like just some dungeons and dragons shit that's larping you're like larping darkness you know like real real darkness in people is how when you're growing up and you're basically in your formative years like neglected or abused or treated like shit and then the rest of your life is one long confusing effort to you know try to feel okay you know and it's not so it's not like like, I don't like it as something that I'm not, I'll, I'll never be like, oh, this will be good for my brand, bro. <laughs> like, I'm hella sad. You know, I'll just be like, how am I, you know, how am I, how can I feel better? And like, how can I show up better and, and be sweet and, you know, not be like an insane pain in the ass to Christy or, you know, and just feel connected to my friends and understand what it is to feel content, even though the world's a nightmare and everything's shitty, you know? So it, for me, like I've had moments in my life where I was feeling good, but those are fleeting. So it's like learning how to productively surf it all. Now I, I started taking Prozac eight, nine months ago and it was going really, really good. I felt super good for the, the most extended amount of time in my life. But then I started to feel really shitty again during the holidays. And so it's like, now I'm kind of building myself back up and, and getting more into therapy and everything. But it is really heavy to excavate and look at and be honest with yourself about the things that have really marred our ability to just walk through this life like feeling feeling at ease and feel love so easy and connected but when you do go into it when you do the work of addressing it and feeling heavy for a while and processing it that's the only way to feel better on the other side i think and it's more long-term feeling better too now 
the thing that I don't like about it is that for me, it's like weeks of feeling super heavy and processing and not putting myself out there a lot and kind of like, you know, really feeling the discomfort and, and just observing it and, and being like, okay, I'm usually a very outgoing, obnoxious individual who loves to make chaos in the world. But right now I'm stepping back and I'm trying to just feel this stuff and like move through it and process it. So I don't know. It's, um, I also know that artists are, we can easily get caught up with like, oh, like for me, I'm like, I know I should be running and being physical to move all this fucked up energy, but I could just sit here and be really quote unquote productive if I just do some artwork and stay to myself and, and, you know, and nothing, but nothing gets moved. It's like, it's like, it becomes like a crutch to not um, do what you need to do to feel better, you know? And a lot of artists need to just get the fuck up and go on a walk, like a long walk. The elasticity of your veins and your arteries in your body is getting hard. Your brain is getting soft. <laughs> well, yeah, there's there's holding on to stuff emotionally, and then there's there's where your body just physically holds on to stuff, and it it stores it stores stuff in your body too, just like it does emotionally, and and it definitely helps to to move the energy. And the body keeps score. I guess that's like a book about that. Yeah, you know the body. The, you're but like when you feel a lot of pain. I mean, I, I don't know. I have like some therapists, like massage therapist friends that massage people, and they say like sometimes the the person they're massaging just breaks down, starts crying and shit. You know, it unlocks something in them. So, yeah. or I, don't know. I mean, yeah, I think it, it, it's fat. I don't know. It's fascinating for me. Like, there's like this stigma around therapy, and if you go into therapy, it means you're messed up or you're screwed up or there's something wrong and you know to be honest for a lot of people there is something maybe not wrong but something from their past they need to work on or or look at or or open up and see why they have these sharp edges around these type of situations or just why they're closed off and i'm all about i spent years in therapy too and i feel like it helped round me out as a person be okay with with who i was and learn my edges and where I tighten up or where I'm not available. So whenever I, I meet someone or know someone who's, who's had a similar type of experience with therapy, I always like, let's normalize the fact that therapy, therapy is a legit thing that I think most adults should explore, you know, and just to, just to check in at least and see what if might can, be there. If I can yeah. kind of interject with that, I think, First off, it's great that we're having this conversation about <laughs> mental health, and you know we're all we're all we're all men, and I think that's a big thing too. Is that a lot of men, you know, obviously this isn't the case, but a lot of men have a hard time going to talk about their feelings or whatever it is, right? But it's something that we need to do. But on top of that, I think also it's okay to be medicated. You know what I mean? It's okay to get the assistance you need to kind of help you cope with that stuff. Like I, I can be frank about it. You know, I take a mental health edu- uh, medication as well. I do a uh, Alexa. Oh, cool. And uh, does yeah. it? <laughs> it's not as fun as some of the yeah. other ones. <laughs> but you know, I I t- I've been taking that for on and off for about four years, and I'll be honest. You know, I think if it wasn't for those moments in my life where I took taking that, I don't know if I would even be creating this whole Uncle Dad world. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's like 
I think it just, you know, if you're, if you're, whether, no matter what sex you are, no matter what you may think, it's like, don't be afraid to talk to somebody. Don't be afraid to get, even if it's just talking to a friend at first and then eventually getting into the steps of, Hey, where can this take me? Can I speak to somebody? You know, I'm, I'm sure like, you know, the, the connotation of like artists are damaged, like you were saying, it's like, but a lot of, a lot of men in general are damaged and we don't talk about that. Mm-hmm. So I think men need to stop being so, you know, oh, I don't want to, you know, that's, that's pussy ass shit or yeah, whatever sure. it may be. It's like, no, you go talk about it. Get out there. Let's see what we can say. I'll talk to you about it. You know, even, even my, our, our audience, like if you have a hard time talking about it, reach out to me, reach out to, to Mike, you know, we, we, we're down to listen because sometimes that's what you just need to get moved forward. And it's okay to be a man and it's okay to be weak as a man. Hell yeah. I don't know. I just feel like the, the, the gender norms are a consistent problem. And I think it creates that toxicity. And so it's just nice hearing us all talk about it, being like, yeah, fuck it. I did this in therapy. I t- took this medication. So I don't know. I just think it's it's a good a good thing to kind of let out. Yeah, right man. So, I'm in. Anyways, I'm in yeah, to it. You should have a you should have like a call in uh, uh, episode <laughs> for for dudes. Well, I've actually thought about that with Mike. Positive dude. We, we got to figure that out how we're gonna do it. Positive dude <laughs> question call in like mental health stuff. Yeah, it's good, dude. Prozac. I mean, it it, it changed my life. Like literally made it easier for me to not just spiral into like crushing nihilism you know where there is like a heavy heavy hopelessness that comes and taking prozac really made it like all right cool you feel hopeless you feel shitty this isn't gonna last forever just relax man just you know go you know have have a sandwich or something you know it's like it's not like oh god like i'm fucking you know it's like like the you know the the anxiety coming up into my body where i'm just feel like i'm gonna die you know so yeah yeah, it's it's good for me i'm starting more therapy more trauma therapy stuff and everything and you know the thing is too is that um normalizing things is important but normalizing uh, finding out that maybe your the way you live your life is kind of fucked up and needs some adjustment is something that our culture doesn't normalize. It's like it doesn't, and I completely agree with that. I yeah, was having a conversation with that with somebody else, and it was yeah. just like you just got to you have to accept that. Like you you might be like this because of, but that, and that's okay. Like that's okay. Now what do we do to to figure that out? Right. But also our culture is really messed up because nobody wants to admit that they're wrong or that they need any kind of help or adjustment. And I'm like, I have never learned anything by not admitting that or by saying that I already know everything. You know, it's like you have to just kind of be open and be and have your mind be pliable and fluid to new ideas to understand stuff. And that that's like, honestly, being on medication has made me the least defensive i've ever been in my whole life and i'm just like what what do you what, what do you got to say all right cool sorry i did that i didn't mean to you know it's like and everybody's like, oh okay cool you're not like a psycho you know it's so. amazing <laughs> it's amazing when there's that moment of someone trying to give you some kind of uh criticism or say something where hey when you did that it affected me this way and Mm-hmm. there's not that defensiveness right away when there's actually a spot for it to land mm-hmm. the, the healing and the comfort and everything that happens at that point. It's just, we need more of those moments because I feel mm-hmm. like in our culture, especially the last few years, 
everyone's wrong. If you say something and I disagree, there's a problem. You're wrong. Like let's toughen up, you know? And, it, and mm-hmm. so I hope people that are listening can hear this and like take heed to some of it because, you know, really like you do therapy to help yourself, but you, but you also helping everyone else around you in the world when you, when you work on yourself. Because mm-hmm. what you yeah. learn and what changes within you from that work radiates out to to the world. Yes. Yeah. Right. You vibrate, you're vibrating positivity out there and it reciprocates because when you're, when you're doing negativity, like that shit comes back too. I mean, yeah. I don't know how many times I've just been in a bad mood and just had everything fall to shit, you know, but like when I'm feeling okay and I'm not taking everything so serious and something goes wrong. I kind of go, all right, that happened. And then that's sort of the end of it. It doesn't continue throughout the day. You know, I don't, you know, keep uh, dropping all my groceries on the way to the door or whatever, you know, (laughs) emotionally. Now, now, can can I say this, if I can freely talk about this? Emotional groceries. also helped me a lot is, uh, besides medication, is the use of marijuana. (laughs) Just saying. Get on it. Do it, baby. Push uh, something in the air, man. You Smoke know, just shit. smoking weed does help. I'll say that. <laughs> Dude, you know what? You know what's so funny is like I always like I have not been smoking that much weed lately. I did bring some with me to because I'm like, oh, I want to smoke some weed. Keep the ghost away. Well, I want to. Yeah, I can't fight ghosts if I'm too stoned. But uh, <laughs> I want to walk on the beach with Christy with my feet in the sand and just be kind of stoned and like feel the breeze and stuff. But I haven't been smoking it as much because I've been trying to be very mindful about everything that's going on inside of me, even though I do love to smoke weed, but like I have friends that are like parents and they're irritated with their kids. I go, dude, you need to smoke weed around your kids and they smoke weed. And then all of a sudden they're like, Oh yeah, everything that was really irritating to me about my kids is now funny. So I love that. I love love that. Yeah, (laughs) I say keep smoking weed, and like all this irritating ass shit becomes funny. You know, you start to see things differently. So yeah, I mean, there's nature's medicine, right? I mean, that's there to help. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. it is. It really is. And uh, oh, also, by the way, I wanted to say this that uh, that that weed company you should try this too but that weed company zodiac organics hit me up and or zodiac genetics and they they do weed strains and all this stuff they're in oakland and they the dude hit me and he's like hey i'm trying to do this like uh um artist residency thing virtual artist residency thing where um four or five local artists in oakland i put it on my instagram too by the way where okay. uh they they tag you know they they come and they say something on on the instagram so you can uh, so they can look through people's art and they give you a thousand bucks to do artwork that's inspired by the word Zodiac. Mm, and wow. they, you don't, you don't own, they don't own the art. They don't, they just, you know, here and they want to have like, a, like sometime when COVID's over, maybe have an art show with all the people and stuff, but they're going to start doing it as a way of kind of offsetting some of the gentrification and some of the like shitty shittiness of COVID that's happened to a lot of artists in Oakland and stuff. So it's kind of cool. You know, it's like, I mean, a thousand bucks to just kind of like do some art. And like, if you're, it's not bad. Like 
if you could do it in a day, you know, you'd be a thousand bucks in a day. But, you know, a yeah. lot of these artists out here, I think, could use some cash. So it's cool. But anyways, I just wanted to bring that up for even for sure. just you if you wanted to hit them, you know. Thanks. Um, I will. I mean, yeah. a lot of your art, when I looked at like your, your book here and, and some of the stuff I've seen you do over the years, like it looks... I don't know, like there might be some psychedelic uh, influence yeah. there. Is there, does that realm open up for you for your art or is that just straight up Skinner brain? And <laughs> you know what I mean? Like some of the yeah. stuff I was like, that looks like something I've seen on mushrooms or yeah, acid. Is yeah. that, yeah. Has that helped well, you? Well, I mean, well, I think, you know, taking mushrooms can, can help you a lot, but I would say that even if I'm not directly, cause I don't take psychedelics nearly as much as I used to, but I think that looking at artwork that is inspired by people that took drugs too, and cultures, you know, like I remember grow, my family's from Arizona and they always would have weird Kachina dolls and so, like weird rugs rugs that had strange colors on them because the, in mexico those rugs with the the gradients and the descending colors and the rainbow shit and all that stuff um i don't know you know if that was directly like oh these are ayahuasca rugs but clearly a lot of cultures are influenced by psychedelics or just nature in general so yeah. i i really take my cues from them so I mean, plus like comics and drug culture. I mean, you know, black lights and stuff. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, even if I'm not doing drugs all the time, I'm making artwork that I feel like would be cool if you saw it, if you were on drugs, you know, yeah. or you know, in that vein, that tradition, sure. you know. It's interesting how like doing uh, certain type of psychedelics, even though we all are like coming from different places, there's a similar type of scene that we all kind of, see when we are in those states um yeah i'm with you man <laughs> I, yeah and, and i feel you like smoke, have you smoked dmt before i have yeah and th the things i saw were beautiful and if i could only yeah. articulate that with my art i i would love to but have you tried or anything or no no i i mean i definitely feel like it's broadened my artistic horizon as far as like colors i use or things that i sit down to do but uh, there's been a few times, like I've, I've, I've um, sat with ayahuasca many times and used wow. some of the things I've seen in there to, in my art. But I also feel like just the experiences of those things have helped, helped me like have more intention in my art. You know, I mean, there's stuff you do that's yeah. for hire and you have, you just do what someone's right. saying. Do right. this. Totally. Make this totally. look like this. Yeah, yeah. But then there's other stuff yeah. that I feel like it helps me bring more thought and, 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 and just how art affects people who see it, you know, like it has a reaction to people. So there's a kind of a responsibility I feel as an artist when I'm doing something to like have a little more intention in, in what, what I'm putting out there. Sometimes not even just the, the colors of the art or what the art looks like, but the subject matter of some of the comic stuff, like breaking down society and shit. Like even in some of your comics, you do that where you're like analyzing social behaviors and stuff in some of it and, and, and uh, satirizing social behaviors, which is a very psychedelic thing to do. Yeah. I mean, I've always been, I've always liked to kind of poke fun at, at culture and, and the way we interact with each other. And 
I've done work before experimenting with those type of things and then after, and, I, and it's interesting to see the difference in, in perception after going through such things. Oh, another thing I think you've mentioned a couple of times, Skinner, with, is, and I think is important as an artist is to have a partner who like supports, supports you and doesn't like want to change you. And the fact that it takes so much time of you like being alone to do your art or mm-hmm. like promoting or doing shows or traveling is, is having someone on your side that supports that. And I know you do, and you've talked about her and I've, I've seen you guys over the years and how, how important is that to have a partner that's like supportive of what you're doing as far as being an artist, would you say? Well, I, I think that it's important because I think that there were times in my career where I was so low like so down and discouraged and depressed and beaten down and struck by the injustice of it all. Or like, no matter how hard you work, sometimes it doesn't do anything. And I think that like, if Christy wasn't really there to just be a consoling kind of just a person who's, who's there, who sees you, who sees you trying really hard and then getting the shit kicked out of you, you know? I would I wouldn't have been able to keep going a lot. There was like several times where I was like, dude, I can't do this shit. This is too crazy. This is annoying. I I feel like I feel horrible. You know, I feel this is why am I I feel so terrible doing this thing that was like my dream, you know. And uh having somebody who can even just be like, "Hey, I noticed that you keep slamming your head against the wall in the exact same spot." you are kind of you continuously do this thing that doesn't work for your career and you you know and so it's like having somebody who who can see you who 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 knows you're trying but can also have a lot of the insight about some patterns you may not be totally conscious of that are fucking you up I mean, I, th- I think it's maybe the most important thing you could have because having levity and having perspective of somebody from the outside who can see that you're like a totally insane, obsessive person who's nuts and then have them be like, hey, so couldn't help but notice that you are going off the deep end, you know, and um, it's, it's important. Plus, it's very easy to forget how to like have fun. And it's as an artist, like self-neglect is kind of part of the game, you know? Agreed. So you, you gotta have somebody who's like, dude, you fucking stink. And you haven't yeah. eaten in like two days. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you it's, know, great. it's like, but I'm being productive. I'm can, so can, productive. Can I, uh, I, what I loved what you just said, and I think this applies not just necessarily in being an artist, but in humanity in general, yeah. sometimes it's just important to have somebody just to see simply the way you put it was perfect just to see you because i think sometimes yeah. you just need that you need someone to see you and that means literally anything right like i see you i just see you you know what i, mean? I see you yeah, for who yeah. you are yeah for what you are for what you're trying to do and maybe people forget about that but i see you and i think sometimes that's just more important just that simple idea yeah well there's also seeing like seeing somebody knowing somebody and knowing that they have more in them and they have like uh more um 
a more expansive spirit than what they're allowing themselves. And that I know that that's been hard for her to watch in me because there's so many times in my life where I was like my biggest obstacle. And so having, having, you know, and so having somebody be like, Hey, uh, it's really not the world that is holding you back. (laughs) It's you. (laughs) Yeah. You're, you're the one in your own way. And and it's hard to see when your own blind spots, when you're in it, you don't Mm -hmm. see it because it's, it's, you're in it. And and, you got to find somebody to trust so that they can see you and they tell you this shit is not popping for you, bro. (laughs) And you got to be able to listen to it and really take Mm -hmm. it. And, and so having someone that you love and trust doesn't always mean that you're going to be able to listen to it and take it. But I guess that's where maybe the combination of, of having that kind of person and also doing the personal work on yourself kind of melds together. Right. Yes. Allows for that. Mm. Yeah. And and one of the other things I, I want to mention here before we get to the end is is you mentioned as as being an artist and you just said it a little bit now is that taking care of yourself and self-care mm-hmm. and like sure there's the eating healthy, there's exercising, there's getting enough sleep, which I know is something you struggled with for a while. Yeah. But like what what is what kind of summarize what what self-care looks like for you as an artist if you can. Well, uh first of all live like it's very easy as an artist to live out of balance because the amount of effort that it takes to do art for a living requires you be out of balance you have to work twice as hard as the next person because first of all society loves art but hates the artist we they don't want to pay you right they want to play the games they want to like ride the skateboards they want to look at art they want to experience the art they want their lives to be infinitely enriched by it but they don't want to pay you know what i mean like so it's like an artist is constantly busting their ass twice as hard to prove that they're you know a, you know relevant part of society whatever so that means that you're probably not stretching your body or getting exercise or eating the good eating right food and everything is about the convenience to try to accommodate the sacrifices that you're making to be an artist so you have to like really pay attention and and actually care about yourself in in the way that nobody else is and that's really hard that's hard to keep up i mean it, like i think of a lot of comic book artists do you notice that comic book artists kind of like go insane after a while? And they it's go like, insane or they just let themselves physically go. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And yeah. like, think of, think about if Jack Kirby actually like maybe ran or walked for a half an hour a day instead of just sitting in a chair for 17 hours. He'd, he'd probably, probably still be alive. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yes. We'd see and, him in San Diego. Um, okay. I know that would be cool. But yeah. like, uh, I, I, you know, well, of course, also having a partner, a positive thing is is having somebody who's like, hey, you need to get exercise. Hey, you need, you know, let's be social. Let's do all these things that are, you know, actually important that are uh, a part of the the, the balance of, of life. And so you, you kind of, you have to listen, you have to get into the rhythm of it. And then you have to just, you have to understand too, like when you get older, you can't just be like pounding burritos and bacon and shit. Yeah, you no, gotta it like it get a little well. uh, smoothie yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah, 
You got to mix yeah, some greens in there. Force them in. <laughs> yeah, no more fucking Big Macs, dude. No. Um, Skinner, thanks so much for, for the insights. Of course. And, and, and the, you know, like, I know talking to you, we can kind of go there into these realms and not just talk about, so tell me about, you know, how you started or how you oh got my with God. Do you always have to or... say that one to throw it at me like it's an attack? No. <laughs> no, not. but you know what? But, Here, here's but... the deal is that this was really good, but if there are, if there's anything that you, anybody needs to hear, if there's, you know, I'm, I'm here to offer any, like anything that I know or like about business or about being an artist or about what, whatever, like I am an open book. So, you know, we could do it again or whatever, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I hope to have you back on. Cause I don't know if Mike's told you, cause he probably forgot, but we're going to be going for the world record of the longest podcast. Uh, oh, what we're wow. doing is, uh, for our one year anniversary, we're going to do, uh, what was it, Mike? 72 hours. I said something ridiculous. <laughs> 72 hours nonstop. And we will be in the Guinness book of world records. So, so maybe okay. you can come on and, and eat up some of that time with us. Please. Of course I'll pop in. Well, That's going to be fun, man. You're, you're oh, fascinating, man. dude. You've, you're super positive. I love just talking to you because I feel I feel better after I talk to you just because of like your, your positivity and like, and, and, oh, and yeah. just coming up with you the way we did and, and seeing yeah. your career just kind of go and you're adult swim and you've done stuff with Mastodon yeah. and all these amazing opportunities that have come your way. I think it's just to pay off of, of who you are as a person, what you radiate out and, and how you encourage other people. It's, it's super inspiring to me and I'm sure many other people. So you're going to make me cry with that dude. Damn, that's thanks so for good. being you. That's Skinner. so sweet, yeah. bro. Of course, yeah. man. Thank you. You too, man. I'm happy for you. You've been like, uh, you, you blew, you blow me away, man. Like you, like, I was like, I didn't really know anybody, anybody else was going to be able to get, get out of the hell world of Sacramento. <laughs> I'm like blown away by you, dude. I'm like, shit. Okay. He did. He was tenacious. Yeah. You uh, got after it, dude. I'm happy for you. Thanks. That's beautiful. Hell yeah. So yeah, before I we wrap up, wrap up the show, uh, Mike, mm -hmm. we have to do what we always do with every artist we have. We have. Yeah. And, and I, I feel like it's going to be good with this one. I hope so. Okay. So what we do, uh, Skinner is that I, we ask every artist that ever comes on the show is what is your recommendation? for our audience to read comic book wise. Oh, Immortal Hulk right now. Immortal Hulk. Yes. One of the, probably one of the greatest running Hulk series in a very long time. Dude. Hell yeah. So Immortal good. Hulk. Um, also what else? Oh, I, I, and, and I'm, I'm excited to read the dark horse. What is comic it called? That's coming out. That looks really good. Two moons. I think Two I've heard of that. One. I, 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 I see that a uh, date. Uh, John Arcudi is posting about it. So I think he helped the guy from dark horse. So, Okay. But you know, I'm a Hellboy guy. You know, I like all the monsters and shit. So, yeah. <laughs> I like all the oh, monsters. Oh, you know what? Shit. You know what else is good? Scumbag is good too. That, that Scumbag that is killer. So yeah. killer. That's a yeah. book that I think like not enough people are reading and their covers are fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. it's good, dude. Scumbag. It's hella good. Yeah. Well, so cool. Good, good, good polls, cool. man. Skinner, thank you so much for being part of the show. Uh, we will definitely have you on during our anniversary special. Hey, yeah, let me know. And... I'll be there. And people can always check out Skinner's art at your web store. And you also have a Kickstarter coming out for your comic book, right? Yes. Uh, maybe I'll be ready and I can talk about that again. We'll talk about that. Yeah. The, okay. my, my, my horror anthology comic, Skin Crawl Magazine, yeah. is going to be coming out. So I'll, uh, but that's, yeah. So keep an eye on that. And um, 
Yeah. And what's your What's your web store? Throw that out there. So the... Oh, uh, the Art of Skinner. Oh, um, well, baymerch.com, but you can get to it through theartofskinner.com. Theartofskinner.com. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. All right, you guys. So much, All right, brother. Uh, enjoy the haunted house. Yeah, enjoy the haunted. Hey, don't, hey, try not to get you know too haunted, right? <laughs> I'm scared, man. He likes but it. we're gonna be all right. Now we're gonna go to the beach. Cool. Dude, hell yeah. Right, you enjoy that, guy. All right. Take have care. a good one, you guys. You Take too, care. Buddy. Thanks for coming on. That? With that said, uh, everybody, thank you for listening to this very special, powerful episode. Much more powerful than I expected. Mike, thank you for taking the time and being here as always. Babe, shout out to baby Gabe for editing as always. Uh, thank you. And uh, you know, if we haven't done this uh, ad real quick, it's for multiversecomicbox.com. Uh, multiversecomicbox.com if you go there you can get a monthly subscription of mystery comic books uh, who knows maybe you'll even find Skinner's new book in there one day you know that'll be cool right and you can never know what you find and all you gotta do is go to multiversecomicbox.com use promo code UNCLEDAD10 to save 10% off your first month's box uh, Mike thank you baby Gabe thank you and to everyone as always love each other respect each other and we'll see you next week <laughs>